Hi, my name's Andy Cope and welcome to the most uplifting podcast in the world. As a positive psychology researcher, I'm excited, delighted and honoured to be sitting in the podcast hot seat. The aim is to bring you guests who have something interesting or insightful or inspirational. They might have a story to tell, something clever, something simple, anything goes. We hope to inspire, educate, entertain and on a good day, maybe even make you chuckle. And why should you listen? Well, we figure life is relentless. It's full on. And most people are a million miles away from feeling as great as they could. So think of this podcast as a reminder or maybe a leg up to being a better version of you. Sometimes against the odds. So relax, open your ears, open your mind and allow me to bring you this week's amazing episode of the best podcast in the world. On with the show. Well, well, well. I'm recording this on February the 1st, 2019. Welcome to the podcast. I was going to tell you about the Happiness Festival that's coming up in June 2019 in Birmingham. I was going to tell you that we've got Paul McGee and Richard Gerver and Jeanette and it's going to be an amazing event. I was going to say that. And then I was going to tell you about um, the new kids book, Diary of a Brilliant Kid, doing really well. I was going to brag about that. I was going to brag about Shine, uh, my book with Gavin Oates that's been uh, voted on in the top ten feel good books of all time we could talk about that couldn't we and then I did the podcast with Daz Darren Benston um, you're about to hear I don't know is it the best podcast ever is it is it the most positive or the least positive you can decide we're talking to Daz about growing up with a disability being kicked out of special school into mainstream school when you're a teenager in a wheelchair imagine all of a sudden we're going to talk about uh Daz talks about life and health and love and gratitude takes gratitude to another level the level i've never never managed to reach stay tuned for the japanese art of kintsugi which is putting pots back together damn sight more interesting than it sounds and we're all motoring along nicely i kept it all together um right till the end but you know, whatever. Sometimes these things happen. I, was, I thought I was doing quite well, actually. But up front, before you listen to this podcast, I would just like to say two things. Daz, Maverick, I love you, man. I absolutely love you. Thank you for enlightening and educating me. And Daz's mum and dad, I hope you listen to this too. Guys, I love you too. Enjoy. Right then, dear podcast listeners. Oh my gosh, we got we got a special today. We got a special in all senses of the word, right? I'm about to introduce you. It's a Twitter bromance, actually. Um, to, I'm going to introduce you to a guy called Darren Beniston. Daz, or Maverick as I call him. He calls me Goose. Um, I would say, I haven't known him that long, but he's actually enriched my life. Daz is a man of wisdom and clarity and actually great humour. And also, he happens to have cerebral palsy. Now, what I... <laughs> I've got. I'm nervous about this because I've got an ability to put my foot in my mouth and both feet in my mouth, and say stupid things or ignorant things. Or so I apologise to any listeners if they think I'm clumsy with my questioning. Um, I'm not apologising to Daz because he don't care. <laughs> but uh, well, I don't want cerebral palsy to define this interview, and I don't want it to define Daz. But the truth is, it's hard not to. Um, so he's Maverick. I'm Goose. I'm his wingman. Maverick, are you receiving? Over. Roger, 10 four. <laughs> All right, mate. Thanks ever so much, Daz, for joining us. Um, can, can I start with a really stupid question, really? what What is cerebral palsy, man? Can you it, describe it? It's when uh, the brain is starved of oxygen at birth. 
So as a, my brain was starved as oxygen at birth, I was actually a twin. Uh, the twin didn't make it, but I did. And I weighed a pound when I was born. Dude, I mean, straight away, that is incredible. Um, how old are you, fella? I am 43 years young. And for any female listeners out there, I'm single and ready to mingle. <laughs> That's so, going to be a recurring theme, Maverick. I can tell that. Yeah, Because yeah. yeah, yeah. we've had loads of conversations, mate. And, and I, I love your kind of slightly wonky sense of humour. It's slightly naughty. Yeah. So, so is it... <laughs> So you're born with it? Yes. And so you're living at home. Who looks after you, fella? My uh, mum and my dad. My They're in the mid-60s and they do everything for me. Uh, the only thing I can do independently is brush my, te- uh, brush my teeth. So everything else I need assistance with, from toileting to washing. I do, can't drink, cook or do anything. So basically... Uh, it's like living in a hotel, but my mum and dad have have to do everything for me. It's a twenty four hour a day job. Oh man. Okay. So what? Tell me else what you can't do. We'll look at what you can do in a bit. But what? So so you like literally you can't go to the toilet, mate. Let's get let's get yeah. Let let's get get real as it were. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't so, go can't go to the toilets without assistance. I need full dressing assistance. I need drinks and food preparing for me. I can't go out on my own. Uh, I've got a catheter bag, so that needs emptying. Uh, so basically, I'm the full English breakfast that care needs. I'm the, <laughs> I'm the business. You're the business, the full English uh, breakfast it, of Kenny's. You think he's got all these Twitter hashtags, mate? We could ha- we could tweet that, and people will people will get angry if I tweeted that yeah. because you can say it and I can't say it. Do you know what? You also sent me um, you sent me a private tweet, and it's because uh, I've written down. I've done my research for this. Yeah. I've written down. You sent me Prince Charming didn't have a catheter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I love your sort of take on on this kind of sense of humour that you've got around around what you can't do and what you can yeah. do. What Tell me about growing up. Tell me about because you told me you told me in a conversation the other day you got kicked out of special school. Tell, tell me about being a kid with cerebral palsy. Well, being a kid with cerebral palsy from the ages of four to eleven was cool because I was in special school. Classes were a breeze. I was amongst my own people, as it were, and then they decided uh, as because it was experimental back then and it was cutting edge. Let's see if this geezer can cut it in mainstream. And I went from being Bruce the Shark at special school to finding Nemo in a pond in the big off-sea called called, uh, uh, mainstream school. And there were some big sharks out there who didn't know what to do with me and and they bullied me and I and you know it was the best decision on the information to be made there's no regrets because it you want you want to have the best education don't you and you 
Right, it is powerful though. Powerful, isn't it? Because were you in a wheelchair at school then? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, we, yeah. we all decided it was the best thing for me: get an education, get A levels. But the, the kids weren't educated, and kids, when you're eleven to fourteen, all you're thinking about if you're a boy and girl is each other hormones. All you're thinking about is fitting in, and you don't want to be seen as being different and. You want to get laid and, you know, all those other teenage things. Uh, and you're the ultimate in being different, mate. You, like you say, you've got that full English breakfast. You've got the, ticking all the boxes there, dude. Well, I didn't have at the time. I'm getting gradually worse because my cerebral palsy doesn't get worse. But uh, there is, it, it prematurely ages the body. And I'm not the worst out there. It's like many other diseases. There's a sliding scale, and by no means I'm the worst. I'm not saying I'm the worst. It's just how it affects me. Mate, right, now that I want to pick up on that fella because this is where it gets really interesting. Well, I mean, just profound, really, because I don't know how annoyed you get at other people moaning about trivial stuff in life because your positivity shines through, dude. <laughs> so but let me tell the listeners, right? So we're recording this in February, but over Christmas, Maverick was in hospital. You were in hospital for six weeks? Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah, a really yeah, long yeah. thing. Yeah. And going through a lot of serious, a serious amount of pain, wasn't Yeah, there? I had, was in rehab hospital. I caught a chest infection, pneumonia twice, and urinary sepsis. But... A lot of people will be listening to this. Uh, I don't want to turn it into a pity porn podcast where people go, oh, isn't he inspirational? I have trouble with inspirational and people calling people see me superhuman, like Paralympics, or oh, they're superhuman. They're just dedicated athletes who are reaching the peak of their abilities. But calling them superhuman, I have a problem with. Because what happens to all those people who can't reach that ability? Does that mean they're in it something less than human? If you're not a superhuman, are you less than a human? You need, people need to be careful with the labels here. If they call me superhuman or brilliant or inspirational, what happens to the people who can't reach my level, who deal with things differently? Are they less inspirational? Are they not inspirational? So you have to be careful when you call people inspirational. Because that's well, mate, 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 we can the listeners will work it out for themselves yeah, yeah. whether you're inspirational or not, right? But I would say that if you're lying in a hospital bed at Christmas, we're all eating our turkey and opening our presents yeah. and and going out for a walk and on a cool, lovely Christmas morning, yeah. and you're in hospital, mate, in exaggerated pain, and you were sending me tweets and text messages saying, "Well, there's people in the bed next to me that are worse than me." Yeah. And I'm like, well, where does you, where does your resources of positivity come from, mate? Well, if my if my family listen to this, they probably won't recognise it, because I save all my negativity for them. I'm Victor Meldrew on wheels, but I mean, but the positivity comes when I'm speak, speaking to people outside. I mean, you, you're you, you're a brilliant person that come into my life. Serious man crush, 
uh, it must be that goatee thing going on. Uh, 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 Mate, don't, I don't want to talk about me. Yeah. It's not about me. This is about you and your. So, so you are obviously you're gonna get down, man. You're gonna get down, and you're gonna be grumbling. You can be. I know what you mean. You you told me you're on twenty two pills a day yeah, yeah. and you can't get out of the house. Uh, I uh, what I do. I have been on my knees. I've cried. I get depressed. I'm I'm a. I can be. And if it wasn't for my parents and family, God knows what. I, I'm not saying I'm anything different. I am uh, at times on my knees and I have cried and. Mega depressed. I have been a broken human being. And mate, then, mate, stop, stop there, because I want to go to a conversation that we had, and I hope your mum and dad maybe do listen yeah, to this actually, because I know you've got a huge, huge respect and thanks for oh, that. Oh yeah. But we had a conversation. I know you've been really ill recently and in great pain with your with your hips yeah. and your knees. Tell me, are you willing to share the conversation we had about some dark thoughts not that long ago? Tell me about your day you were wishing it was your last day or something yeah I mean, yeah 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 yeah. T- just talk us through that because it's astoundingly powerful well i thought to myself you know today I, it's a trick i often use but because i know i'm never going to do it but you think well today's my last 24 hours i'll just get through today and then tomorrow you think oh <laughs> now i know this before everybody calls the police and women Get, go hysterical and start jumping off bridges because I might not be around anymore. Uh, the, uh, the, you know, I know I'm never going to do it. It's a psychological trick. Like you said, pretend this is your last Christmas. So until... Because I know these moods are like weather. They'll change in two or three days. A good night's sleep, a nice meal everything will click back into play. So until then, I just treat myself and say, wow, today's going to be my last 24 hours. And then I know it's not, but I treat my brain and you think, oh, get this game for 24 hours. And then... Wowza, man. Wowza. Wowza. So, some, so, yeah, some dark stuff going on there. And you also tweeted me, mate, the Churchill thing. Can you say, Can you tell people, people what you said about Churchill? I've got it written down. Can you remember it? Yeah, Churchill said, when you're walking through hell, You've just got to uh, keep going, keep carrying on. And what was your punchline to that? He wasn't on wheels, and my battery only got 12 miles in it. <laughs> so I better take some money to charge me all. <sighs> okay, right. Now, dude, um, you know that you have uh, educated me and enlightened me in the last month or so yeah. with that Japanese concept of broken pottery yeah. right this is going to go wild mate because i've started delivering this i delivered this two days ago and i was in tears uh, delivering it can you enlighten people as to what the hell i'm on about because you brought me onto it the japanese art is it um kintsugi kintsugi is the japanese art of mending broken pottery using gold and lacquer but instead of hiding the cracks they emphasize the cracks in the hope of because of the cracks, making it more beautiful than the original perfect model. Oh, 
man, you see, it takes my breath away. Because I've been in museums and I've seen evidence of Kintsugi. I've never really thought about why the hell the Japanese put gold lacquer in the glue to actually highlight the flaws and the faults in the broken pottery. So they literally glue it back together so you can see every imperfection. And, and And I love the fact that, therefore, they do that because they view it as more beautiful after it's been put to get to get back together than it was before it broke yeah so but i have trouble with it because if that was true because i'd be getting laid five times a day <laughs> come on women out there can suggy me all right, we'll come on to love yeah. in a minute, mate. Just hang on to that for a second. We'll come on to love. On, and of course, of course, I mean, the, but everybody, then that took me. So I researched that, mate. I brought the book that you recommended. Yeah. I read all about it and I absolutely loved it. And I put a picture of a broken pot on the on, on a PowerPoint and I burst into tears delivering yeah. the session. Yeah. So I felt a right dick. But then I came across something else called Wabu Sabi, Wabi Sabi, which is very similar where it's another Japanese concept. Nothing lasts. It's three principles. Nothing lasts, nothing's finished and nothing's perfect. Yeah. And I, therefore, there are quirks and our anomalies and our our uniqueness is that basically we're all feel, flawed beauty, really, aren't we? Everybody's yeah. flawed. Well, if you look at it, Christ died a broken man on the cross. You know, yeah, he was broken. He was he, uh, he the night before the Last Supper. He went to the uh, hanging God, where God in the Gethsemane, and while his mates were getting at the last supper he cried like a baby because he knew what was coming Wowza, dude. I mean this is proper deep proper deep let me read let me kind of rescue that a little bit because that's makes me feel a little bit um, uneasy and tearful actually uh, you you sent me a tweet mate you sent me a t- let me hang on one second I've ruined the positive psychology no no mate the thing is this is a unique podcast for me because it's all right for me to sit here with my, in my able-bodied life, commuting to work, yeah. going for a walk with my dog. And, and I just take all that for granted. And, and really, the level of gratitude that you have is beyond anything I've, I've seen any other human being have. Yeah. I would say it's that strong, mate. Yeah. Here's, here we go. Here's a tweet that you sent. I think it was a private tweet you sent to me. It's quite a long one. I'm going to read it word for word. You said exactly these words. You said... Um, Andy, in 2017, there were 298,843 male deaths, in brackets, 818 every day, and 325,703 female deaths, in brackets, 892 daily, plus all the associated sadness and grief of every family involved. Every day, you are not one of those statistics. You're a winner. Tell your delegates that. And then there was a gap for about five minutes. And then there was another. It said, there are more than 7 million in the UK who have a disability. How many people know these figures? Get your delegates familiar with the shit of life, my friend, and they will appreciate a rain shower to wash it off. Then there was another gap of three minutes of silence on yeah. Twitter. Then you sent me a third private tweet that said, it pinged in and it said, they're all walking lottery tickets. Yeah. Dude. Well, I, I struggle to come up with anything as profound or as thought-provoking as that. See, I, I'm guessing that your delegates are educated of a certain socio-economic class. Of, you know, the thing is, to get people happy, you have to take them swimming in the sh- 
and then they appreciate when they come out what they've got, but you'll have to take them in the sewer. And that's what I think positive psychology needs. It needs the darkness to appreciate the light. You have to take a walk in, in the dark. There is an there is an thing you find, but you've got to hit them in the emotional light. You could just you could take a wheelchair and say, look, I want one delegate to spend half an hour in a wheelchair and just sit there and then get them to do certain things. And like, what would you do now if you needed the toilet? We can't walk there, get somebody to push you when it's a dinner and tea break and just half an hour like that. Or you could take an eye thing and say, look, just wear this for five minutes, then you know what it's like to be blind. And when they take that eye thing off, boy, will they appreciate their eyesight. Yeah, mate. Well, you know, we... I don't want to badmouth the delegates we have because they're fantastic by and large, but my God, we don't half moan. Moan about the traffic and the weather and the trivial nonsense in life. Whereas you really genuinely have got something to moan about and yet you're... Certainly your persona to me and your tweets to me have just made, light my day up, mate. They light my day up. Let me So let me go somewhere a little bit even deeper than that, I think, and that is relationships and companionship and love. Because yeah. it seems to me, it seems to me, mate, you're a, a lovely, warm human being and you love people and you love communicating. Yeah. And yet you're wheelchair-bound, confined to those four walls. You hardly ever get out other than visits to hospitals. Yeah, right? we're getting... So you're a people person. You're a people person, yeah. mate, with no access to people. Yeah. So tell me about love and companionship and what all that means to you. Well, I'm sorry if this is going to offend anybody out there. I know people have a different moral compass. But I get out in the summer, but winter's a different matter because of weather and things. But as far as love and physical contact go, it's been mainly through uh, escorts. Oh, whoa, 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 cut, cut, time out, time out. Uh, escort, the word escort was mentioned here. Now, hang fire and judgment just for a second, folks. Okay, we're not talking about kind of three in a bed romping while, uh, while Maverick snorts cocaine off these naked ladies. We're talking about the boy, he's in a wheelchair, right? Permanently in a wheelchair. Just for clarification, to get him out of his wheelchair requires the use of a sling. To get him into bed, he has to be hovered into bed. To go on the toilet, he has to be in a sling, okay? So escort, we're talking human connection, we're talking human contact, we're talking touch, okay? With that sorted, sorry for the interruption, Maverick, back to your good self. I did have one uh, on-off relationship that I finished years ago, but since I've uh, become uh, as physically unable as I have been, it's been through escorts and things like that. But you said that all you wanted was somebody to come and give you a hug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That wasn't family, yeah. Yeah, somebody to give me a hug, uh, cuddle with meaning, with meaning outside of family. A woman, definitely. Wow, man. So a people person who's got no access to people, no access to people, it's a bit of a, that is a heartbreaker, right? And I don't want to feel down about your cerebral palsy because you're dealing with that, but it's the, I think it's the loneliness, dude. And it's the, it's the if all you want is a cuddle, I mean, I can come around and cuddle you, but it's not a cuddle off me that you want. We might have a bromance yeah. going on, but it's not really a cuddle off me. <laughs> no, no, no. So, so let's get, so you were going to want to do, do as a challenge, weren't you? A two percenters challenge. Just float that. What was it? How many two percenters listen to this? 
There's well, we've got there's about fifty thousand out there. What two percent is it? Listen. Well, that are associated with us are in the club and in the you know and and we follow the tweets and all that. Yeah. Right, fifty thousand people. I want you and your positive dudes and dude dudettes to uh, get me a date because like I broke your arm and because. You're six months in your money back. I don't think I'm allowed on anymore. Because like, <laughs> they can't make any profit out of me because I'm just straight money back, dude. I'm like, give us your money back. So eHarmony's not worked out. So what do you need? A profile writing? What what, what do you want? Well, I want a uh, profile writing. Or if somebody's out there single that maybe thinks, you know, just go to the theatre with or old hands with or go to the go and have a copy with or you know it doesn't have to be all hands on deck as it were it can be uh you know just a friendship where you just hold hands or go for a copy or go to a theater but a dating profile would be nice with all your jedi mind tricks okay, uh, mate. We, i reckon we can do that dude i reckon we can and where would you post that what's the what are you going on a dating website to post that and then uh, and then we'll and then if you could keep us in touch yeah. with whether you get a date yeah, or not. Yeah, I'm going I'm to post it on desperados.com. See, <laughs> see, see, What's that? Well, well, it's a website I've made up, but... It, oh, all right, it, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this, obviously, I'm going to post it on probably plentyoffist.com, see if I can ruin another dating website. I do like to bankrupt them. <laughs> it is a hobby. <laughs> All right, mate, we will get the two percenters on, see if anybody wants to uh, uh, do as a profile. Yeah, fantastic. All right, well, if they just got in touch with you, then they could get to know you yeah. and then they could write the profile. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to write a profile unless they know yeah, yeah. you. Hopefully, you'll get some calls and some somebody will Skype yeah, yeah. you and take you out for a coffee, mate. Well, I, I'll certainly yeah. be taking you out for a coffee. Okay, tell me now, work-wise, yeah. you, you, can't, you used to work. Yeah, for Nottingham for County Council. Now, there's a naughty story. There's a naughty story with this, isn't there? A bit of a cheeky story. Go for it about the Braille. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I used to, uh, I got a job translating Braille for blind people and uh, I couldn't read Braille. So, what I did, I translated this page of a storybook and I memorized the text. So, if anybody came and said, Can you read Braille? I just used to get this piece of Braille. I, and, Run my fingers across and go. So the same yeah. thing. Whatever whoever came in, it was the same and thing. And also, you know, I, you know, I, uh, I don't know whether you know, but Nottinghamshire County Council got an internal marketplace where you can organise, sell things to other employees, and they buy it. And it's just something at Nottinghamshire. I got a warning off a line, my line manager, and a serious warning off IT because. I put myself on there asking for asking if any employees wanted to take me out for lunch and and uh, I put my dating profile on there and of course IT then took it off and I didn't think I posted it properly so then I reposted it and then the next morning I get into where the IT head of IT was there with my line manager or somebody from IT saying that a couple of women had complained that I'd, that I'd uh, put myself up to be sold. Oh, man. Uh, 
The thing is, you can get away with it, can't you? I mean, you can't sack the guy who's disabled, can you? And I'm also wearing glasses, so it's like a double-edged sword. <laughs> and, and, if you ask me nicely, and I've done it to people off, and I'm sorry out there if anybody knows anybody, no offence, but I can dribble on command. Tell me more, what do you mean? I can pretend to dribble on command. So it looks like okay. I'm dribbling. So if people are staring sometimes, or I have done it when I've been drunk. Uh, oh, you're a bad lad. You're a bad lad. Yeah, 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 yeah. And didn't you tell somebody that you've been shot in Iraq? And uh, Goose Green in the Falcons. <laughs> tell me, so go, why did you tell him that? Because he was staring and he was, what, what, I was playing on a quiz machine. I think I was out with my uncle at the time, in with the spoons all day, farm ice breakfast. If I mention that, I might get a freebie. That's farmhouse breakfast at Witherspoons. Get me a freebie. Uh, uh, yeah. So <laughs> I did that, and he was just wandering over. All right, lad, what happened to you? Uh, I don't know what made me say it. Can I apologise for anybody injured in uh, in Falklands? I just said Goose Green, Sniper. Bad div. And he was like, oh, appreciate it, lad. Well done. And it just wandered off. And I guess. So, war hero. War, from war hero to dribbler to shit ass to complete lovely human being. I'm just a complete spectrum. You are, mate. Well, you're a lovely human being for sure. And I think there's nothing wrong with if people are staring you having a sense of humour and getting your own yeah, back on yeah, a little yeah. bit. It's fabulous. Mate, so, so I'm going to ask you what makes you happy in a minute. So, you might have to think about that. Is there any. Anything that you think that our listeners need to know? Is there anything either about gratitude or love or uh, or anything that you would like to share with us? Because it's been, mate, it's been profound from start to finish as far as I'm I concerned. think uh, happiness is a bit of a golden pot at the end of the rainbow. Happiness is fleeting. Uh, it's It's... A feeling, it's, you get it once every so often. I think what motivational coaches like yourself, if you don't mind me saying, what you should be saying to people that is more achievable is contentment. And that is what I feel most of the time. I've got my family, I'll go in there after finishing review and it'll be like, It'll be like, you know, it'll be like when, you, when you've had a good date with your girlfriend, I suppose. I'll go in there, I'll be happy, we've had a nice time. You've smoked a cigarette afterwards, everybody's happy. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I think you've struck on something there, fella. I think contentment is a really important place to... Uh, I think it's the ultimate in happiness, really. Because happiness is a spectrum from this kind of quiet contentment at one end yeah. to manic woo-hoo at the other yeah. end. And I just think that... Um, finding contentment is something most people haven't yeah. found and if you can find that if you can find that fella then that's a really good place to I'll be I'll have, have my Friday dinner in there I'll have my mum and dad and dog uh, well what's pointless which is a really mind numbing quiz show for anybody that's not in the UK uh, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll have my dinner I'll speak to a friend who 
will tell me everything that's gone over is weird. Eh? I'll possibly go for a dump on my sling and then I'll go to bed and that is that's, day that's contentment when I'm in my bed and I know my family's happy, I know my bowels are happy, I know the dogs are all right and I can sit there, probably tweet you and aggravate you to death, then I'm a happy boy. <laughs> well, as long as I can bring you a bit of happiness, mate, by sending me some tweets, yeah, yeah some worst yeah. jokes ever. Yeah. Actually, can we can we finish with a message to your mum and dad? Because I do want them to listen to this. What would you tell your mum and dad? Well, pa? I can't replace them. I love them. Well, I love them to the degree all the stars in the universe and beyond. There's no ways to exemplify what they've done for me, what they will do for me in the future. Can't You can't love your mum and dad enough. And I emphasise that anybody that's fallen out with their mum and dad or any member of the family, just think again, because if you, if you were struck down tomorrow, and I've seen it happen with people in showers who have strokes and they can't speak anymore and they can't do anything... Can you imagine if you couldn't speak anymore and you couldn't tell your missus that you loved her tomorrow, what are you going to do? So you need to tell them now why you can. Or if you can't tell them, I don't go tell it. I don't live in the, I don't live in the Wizard of Oz. I don't tell them. I demonstrate it by just getting a lot Chinese when I can or... If you want anything or if you need anything, I'm here. You know, you've just got to, if you can't verbalise it, you've got to demonstrate it by saying, look, we're in it together. We're, we're a team. My sister, the kids, they want anything, they can have it. So you've got to demonstrate the look because you could wake up tomorrow and you might not be able to say those things to your missus. But she's got, you've got to be able to demonstrate it. Boy, to know. Mate, you've you've um you've talked you've covered <laughs> one sec. You were talking to cover up uh, me. I've held it together all the way through, but um <sighs> Dude, I'm gonna leave it there. Right. Daz Darren Benniston, Maverick. Uh, obviously there's a disability going on but I think what you've showed is that profoundly an unfair disability but what I've shone through is an ability mate um, way beyond anything I've ever had to um, do the ability to crack on ability to deal with adversity ability to shove a middle finger back up at life mate and re- maintain a sense of humour and a sense of gratitude so Maverick um, I'm proud to be your wingman no problem Roger Cheers, dude. Cheers. And that, dear listener, is that. I hope you found it as interesting and as useful and as stimulating as I did. Congratulations, by the way, on making such a great choice of listening material. Please subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I wish you well. You've been listening to the Art of Brilliance podcast. Listen to and subscribe to all our podcasts at www.artofbrilliance.co.uk slash podcasts. Thank you.